0: You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 97. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery one day one day until 2021 starts. It is 1230 Pacific time here where I am standing. And so we are only 11 and a half hours away from my clock to flipping over to 2021. And I'm no doubt there are many people who are ready to say goodbye to the year 2020. (laughs) It has been tumultuous to say the least. No need to rehash the events of this year, but, you know, between the election and the social justice issues and, of course, Corona, COVID-19, it has just been, it's been crazy. Now, I cannot help but look back at the year 2020 and realize this year has been very good to me. Um, Yes, the furlough from my my main job, uh, getting unemployment you know, figuring out how to to, to survive on that, expanding the coaching, expanding the speaking, even though I had to do it all on Zoom via my home office. So many different aspects of my life have changed since March 17th, the day that I was furloughed from my hotel gig. And a tremendous amount of growth has happened within me and around me because the situation just called for it. And I can't help but read the messages and hear back from you all and feel just a tremendous amount of love for this show and, and what I do and, and just the effort I put into being there for everyone. And, of course, you can send messages to me via Instagram, um, email. i got so many email addresses. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's such a convoluted system. <laughs> so by all means... Instagram is the way to go. And while I do step off the grid from time to time, and I don't really go into IG and and get on there and spend as much time as I used to, I go specifically in there at least a couple of times a month to look through the messages. I I do it from my laptop so I can type faster than on my phone. And that's where I really get an opportunity to connect with everyone who is just, some of the messages you all send has just been so amazing. And I'm so blessed to be a part of your journey. And I can't wait to see how we all grow and move forward in a new year. Now, in a moment, we're going to start talking about what it is that we can take good from this year and and really transpose it, move it forward over into 2021. Because remember, we talked about the baton. The whole month of December, you've been getting your 2021 up to the speed that 2020 has been at. So you can pass this baton over to tonight at midnight and then you really have the whole month of January to finish up any loose ends from 2020 so that by February 1st, 2021 is speeding right along. right? Picture that 4 by 100 medley relay in the Olympics if you want to be able to visualize this passing of the baton that I'm talking about. Now, I will admit, there's two things I want to admit. The first one is that I have allowed a lot of my my coaches and my therapist a lot a lot of their words into my head that have stopped me from perhaps speaking more directly to everyone like i'm running this this constant filtration system where i can hear my therapist say you know uh you know meet them where they're at you know uh understand that not everyone's at the same point as you and, and things like that and I, and i get it i get it right like I don't want to alienate anyone. I want anyone to be able to plug into this show and immediately feel like they're welcome here and that they can get the concepts I'm talking about and they can use them in their lives, right? Because I don't adhere to Refuge Recovery or AA or, you know, any of the teachings from any of the books. You know, I'm, I'm very NLP-driven. I'm very growth mindset-oriented. And that's where I've gotten some messages from people where they're like, you know, you're not helping and you're not talking about the big book and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, you know what? There are shows (laughs) that focus on that stuff. I'm not that show. You can stay or you can go, but either way, this is the show that I'm creating because this is the way that I live my life. And so when I go to be a little bit more in your face and tell you guys to stop standing in your own crap and and to to pull your head out of your ass and, and, and really start to create the life that you want, that very much goes against what my therapist would want me to say. And I've got to stop listening to my therap- therapist all the time when it comes to this stuff. Like, this is the show that I'm creating. We are creating a world together. The world that we create together is the world we decide to create together. We're making these choices. Right? I talk so much about choice points. I talk so much about you creating your own reality. Right? Sobriety is simple. And this, and this is where her and I got into a debate the other day. I said, look, sobriety is simple. Just stop using. And then she's like, well, you know, sobriety is not simple. What about those people addicted to heroin who are having withdrawals and they're having all these physical problems? I'm in a, in, because I didn't want to get into this argument with her. Or maybe I hadn't even really thought too much about what I was the point I was trying to make. I just sort of let her, you know, do her thing. Now that I look back at it, what she's talking about, though, isn't sobriety. Sobriety is to not consume, right? Sobriety. What? What? You know what? What? I'm gonna type in sobriety definition. Let's see what sobriety. Oh, this just come to mind. The state of being sober. The quality of being stayed or solemn. Okay. So the state of being sober. The price of beer compelled me to maintain a certain level of sobriety. Is the example they use on on Google. So, sobriety is the act of being sober. That's all it is. That's why sobriety is simple. Because it is literally just not getting intoxicated. Start there and finish at the end of that sentence. It is the state of being sober. It is just not being intoxicated. When she started coming back at me with all these other examples, well, what about the uh, physical addiction to heroin and the withdrawals? Okay, but that's not sobriety. (laughs) Sobriety is stopping the heroin. It's stopping the cocaine. It's stopping the meth. It's stopping the alcohol. It's stopping yourself from not being sober. All that other stuff, let's start using the right words for that. Withdrawal? Absolutely. Withdrawal is not simple. I went through withdrawals for the first month when I quit alcohol. It's a, Clearly, you know, it got easier after the first two weeks. Those first two weeks, the hot cold flashes, barely being able to hold down food, looking pale or sometimes yellow, you know, my nose bleeding out of nowhere for no reason, like uh, the intestinal issues I had, like it, the, the, my, my, pay, my pee was brown for like the first month of me being sober. Like no matter how much water I drank, I could not get myself hydrated. But that wasn't sobriety. That was withdrawals right? If I say sobriety is simple and you say, well, I've got all this emotion that I'm trying to handle and I've been numbing it for so long. And so now I need to use alcohol and drugs because I don't want to have to face the emotional issues that I have been burying for the last decades. That's great that you are ready to discuss that, but that is not sobriety. That is emotional trauma. That is emotional healing. There's emotional intelligence components in there, but it's not sobriety. Sobriety is just not using. All these other things that people want to bring in, those things are not sobriety. Those are the aftermath of getting sober, yes. It would be like getting in a car accident, right? And then everything that happens after that, the car insurance or the medical bills or the getting of the new car, getting a rental car, you know, finding a way home after the accident, all that other stuff is the aftermath from the car accident. But it is not the car accident. The car accident was that instance when something happened to your vehicle, whether it was another car or a tree or something was involved. That was the accident. Everything else was the aftermath. Sobriety is just not using anymore. Staying sober. Everything else is the aftermath. Everything. So let's make sure we're using the right words here. Right? I talk a lot about the words that we're using in our heads, with other people, in general around ourselves and around, whatever it might be. Use the right words. If you're having second thoughts about staying sober, that's not a problem with sobriety. That's a problem with your thinking. That's a problem with your feelings. That's a problem with your thought processes. That's that, that's a that's a problem with your old habits, your cue craving response reward mechanism. That is not sobriety. You either are sober or you're not. You're not having a problem with sobriety. You're having a problem with other crap, but you're not having a problem with sobriety because sobriety is either sober or it's not sober. So. As I move forward, looking at what year, because I'm, you know, because technically, you know, I'm really I'm turning four years old, but I'm starting year five, right? Because you don't really count yourself to be one year old till you've already done the first year, right? Then it's the second. So I've already, com- I'm completing my fourth year. Sort of like a name day from Game of Thrones, right? Like you're born, but you don't get to be one year old until you've been around for 365 days. Well, I'm finishing up my fourth year. I'm technically starting my fifth. What this fifth year is going to look like, I can only imagine. I'm so excited to see where it goes. But my clarity of thought and the clarity of words I'll be using will be much more direct. I love my therapist to death. She has just done some of the most amazing work with me, and we have dove into some of the most suppressed memories and traumas possible. I also realized that the reason I'm able to open myself up to those suppressed memories and traumas and the suffering that I had gone through for so long was because of my work with NLP, because the work I have with my clients, the work I have with my coaches. I mean, when I put somebody through an NLP process, help them release trauma, help them change their perspective on life. It actually is simultaneously working on me because it's just, that's just the way the human brain works. Right? The, the human brain doesn't know any cannot tell the difference between some reality and something that's being made up inside the head. So when I'm putting my clients or putting my uh, workshop attendees through a, a particular process, I'm actually putting myself through this same process at the same time. Because my brain is hearing all of the words. When when I'm telling them to envision a time in their lives that they would like to see differently in order to take a lesson from it, so that they can look at ab- about that trauma with a more positive light. I'm doing it to myself simultaneously. It has been through my work in NLP that has allowed me to expand so fast, so efficiently, so productively. I'm I'm not going to sit here and anchor myself to the fact that I was an addict for 22 years. I'm not going to say that I that I, uh, I'm not going to introduce myself as an addict. There have been some people, I have been told by some of my peers, who will be like, oh, you guys met Jesse, you know, the addict. That's how they choose to see me. I cannot change that, right? I cannot force them to not call me an addict behind my back. They can say whatever they want. The people who who are drinking my Kool-Aid, quote-unquote, know that what we're doing here isn't setting into our addiction. It is stepping into addiction recovery. Now, the second thing I want to admit to you all is that I've had a non-alcohol and drug relapse. So the relapse I'm getting ready to discuss has nothing to do with ge- getting intoxicated, but it does have everything to do with the behaviors of my addiction rearing their ugly head in another aspect of my life. See, relapse is what happens whenever you aren't paying attention to your day-to-day life, right? Like and then four months down the road, you're like, well, maybe I could have a drink and everything will be fine. <laughs> really? Because you chose sobriety for a reason. And now all of a sudden you think that that reason is just good. Like all of a sudden you're going to be able to control your behaviors better. And then, hey, I've watched some people manage to do it. And that's the key word there, manage. They have, they have to constantly be managing their alcohol intake. I just don't want to manage that shit no more. Okay? I just don't. And honestly, I've went to Zion over the weekend. I went to Snow Canyon. I've gone to amusement parks. I've gone to bowling alleys. I've I've gone to dances. I've gone to bars and watched my Gators. I've gone to bars and watched my Sooners. I have done almost everything I used to think I could only do intoxicated. I have done it sober and I've had a blast doing it. So I don't think that there is anywhere in my life alcohol and drugs can make things better. But I have to be more mindful of where my addictive personality can rear its ugly head. And where it showed itself three years ago and where it came back most recently over the last month or so has been with cryptocurrencies. Now, I'm not going to get into what cryptocurrencies are, like the, the, the programming computer stuff, but for those of you who've heard of Bitcoin, then you understand at least a vague idea of what a, of a cryptocurrency is. It's just digital currency. Right In a way, we already live in a digital currency society. For most of us, our paychecks get digital, uh, digitally uh, deposited into our bank accounts, and we spend almost all of our money off of a debit or credit card. So we very rarely are even handling cash. So in a way, we are already moving toward a very digital currency-based society. Venmo, PayPal, things like that. But with cryptocurrencies, with Bitcoin in particular, and then these other two called Ethereum and Litecoin, Right, These are the three big popular ones. And three years ago, I discovered these and got convinced into my head that I could get rich quick. And I listened to other people who had way more money than me, who had way more experience with stocks and trading and things like that than me. And I followed their lead. They had money to burn. if They lost it. No big deal. I, however, did not. But I I I dumped out all the money in my account. I maxed out all my credit cards, and I took out a bank loan. By the time my little charade with cryptocurrencies finished, it was really literally just November of 2017. Is that right? Yeah, into like January of 2018. I sunk sixty thousand dollars into this madness. Stayed up night after night after night trying to day trade stuff. To, you know, Went you know make two grand just to lose four. And when, when the whole thing finally decided to to just crash in January of 2018, that's right, yeah, I was left with like maybe if I was lucky, $6,000 of my 6, 60,000 investment left. And I just parked it all and I just walked away and said, I don't know anything about that. I'm just gonna leave it alone. And it, one day if it wakes up, good. And if it doesn't, oh well, I learned my lesson. Well, it woke up this year. And so I took everything out of the vault, put it in a wallet, moved it to an exchange where I could start playing around with it. And that's the word I shouldn't have been using, was playing around with it. I became super obsessed about it, making moves that would get me five grand one hour and lose me 10 grand the next hour. Had I just left this crap alone, I would be I would have made back my original $60,000 investment and I'd be able to pay off that stupid-ass debt that I got myself into because of this stuff. But that's not what I did. Because of my little obsessive-compulsive, I can figure everything out. I'm really good with numbers and I, really, I, I notice patterns really well. And these are things that I do in my normal life very well. Unfortunately, there is not much of a pattern to be established in cryptocurrencies and in those exchanges. So I started moving things around. I thought I knew what I was doing. And now, now it hurts. I've almost lost it all. I don't own any of those big three anymore, Bitcoin, Litecoin, or Ethereum. And while they're all going up, I'm stuck off in these other stupid coins that I thought I knew what I was doing. And what I could be looking at versus what I am looking at is so massively different. And I tell you this whole story because... It was my addictive behavior that I could somehow control something, that I could somehow invest in the right place with this stuff and get rich quick, be able to pay off my debt, be able to go get my RV, right? Like I had these visions of sugar plums and fairies dancing in my head, and it wasn't reality. I didn't know what I was doing. I've cost myself a tremendous amount of sleep. There's been a tremendous amount of anxiety and stress. There's been a tremendous amount of of financial loss, And whether there's a lesson that I can necessarily pull out of all of this and and, and equate it to something that you're doing in your life, I'm not so sure about that because I didn't really think too far into how I was going to bring this point up to you all. Except that my behavior with cryptocurrencies very much mirrored my old obsessive compulsive ways with my addiction. Where I would just get it in my head that, nope, I have to have these drugs, I have to have this alcohol, I have to have this party, I have to have this lifestyle, I have to be able to do this. And if that means selling LSD at my first university for two years and then getting kicked out because of bad grades, if that means alienating all of my friends in Orlando because I drank too much and I used too much, and I you know, I got this huge group of friends. Uh, basically, I just started unleashing tons of ecstasy and cocaine on them until they got tired of it, and then they realized I was the reason it was all around. Now, they had to accept some of their own choices than that, but that's not my point here. My point is, is once they realized they didn't want to do what I was doing anymore, I was immediately ostracized, and my obsessive-compulsive behavior just led me to another group of friends that was way more nefarious, and things went sideways quick. I have this thing in my head where sometimes I just get so locked on something that it starts to spin around. I start to spiral. And I allow my emotional triggerings, my emotional unintelligence to take over. Had I just left all this Bitcoin stuff alone, just been like, oh good, it's finally waking up. I look forward to seeing where this will go. I would be able to pay off all the debt that I've incurred One, from all of this Bitcoin crap I did three years ago, but also all the money I invested in becoming a life coach, becoming an NLP certified uh, trainer and practitioner, I'd be able to pay it all off. And instead, none of that's going to happen. Where in your life are you making emotionally triggered decisions that you have not thought through? Where in your life is it better... To just not act. When it came to this cryptocurrency, my best bet would have been literally to not do anything. That's not what I did. So I had myself you know, a bit of this emotional relapse. I had myself a bit of this obsessive compulsive Jesse relapse. I'm not infallible. I make mistakes. I'm very sad about the mistakes I've made with this cryptocurrency stuff. I had let it sleep for three years in anticipation for the day it woke up. And when it finally woke up, I started making some seriously unintelligent, emotionally triggered moves that all of that waiting and all of that patience was for naught. While the rest of the Bitcoin community is laughing all the way to the bank on this, I'm standing on the sidelines being like, damn it, what could have been? I will learn from this and realize that there is smart investing and there are smart moves with my finances and then then there are other moves that aren't. Where in your life would it be a good idea for you to take a step back and be more emotionally sound and just sort of maybe let things play out a little bit more before you start to make a decision? Multiple times I could have made another decision And got myself back in to the right cryptocurrencies and I could be sitting here, not as well off as I would have been in the middle of November, but certainly not where I'm at now. But every time I, it's, 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 you know, I read the other day about how to crypto invest and the way the guy finished the article, it's the moment I read it, I was like, oh my God, I was gambling. He said, if you don't have a strategy, then you're gambling. And that's what I was doing. And I do not gamble. I just got back from Vegas and I did not put $1 on anything. But yet, I could sit here on these cryptocurrency exchanges and basically be gambling away my money. Where in your life is your addiction rearing its ugly head that you need to stop, step back, take a breath, and reevaluate the situation? As we move forward into 2021, at best, we can learn from our mistakes and be more wise when we're handed another opportunity to make a similar decision and be more wise, having gone through an experience that has taught us a valuable lesson. That's what NLP really does, is it allows you to go back to a previous memory, a previous experience, see it from a different way so that you can really take the learning, you can really take the experience and you can learn from it so you can see it in a better way. This was a very expensive lesson for me. And in the future, when I offered opportunities for quote-unquote get-rich-quick schemes or ways to invest or where where to put my money, I'll be able to call, call back on this and say, no, no, let's step back. Let's make sure I'm being smart. Let's make sure I'm being wise about this. Where in your life can you start to take your experiences and be more wise the next time you're handed a similar situation? My, and again, I've never been diagnosed OCD, but apparently my behavior caused a lot of people to say that about me. I naturally just think that human beings, part of the human experience, is to be a little obsessive right it's sort of that human beings way to just get a thought in our head get a feeling in our head and just start spiraling spiraling and spiraling around in it i, d- I just think it's part of the natural human condition right when i you know i'll call back on that itunes um review that that person where they called me ocd i'm like i'm fine with being called ocd i you know that's people can call me whatever they want when my behavior starts to reflect that and when I start finding myself making decisions not well thought out, then that's when I have to step back and say, okay, where am I allowing the bit of an obsessive-compulsive personality to step in and override my critical thinking? Because that kind of behavior is not okay to me. All right, I don't think this is a slippery slope to me using alcohol or drugs, but I'm sure there are some people out there that if they woke up and saw what they uh, saw what they could have had versus what they do have financially because of some stupid ass decisions they made, they might think, you know what? <laughs> I'm very upset right now. I'm going to go use. I'm not in that headspace, but I certainly can see why my therapist, when I told her I was getting into this stuff, was not happy about it, was telling me that it was gambling, was telling me to stay away. And when I told her what I recently did, she was very alarmed and very worried. But old Jesse would have stepped back into the alcohol and drugs. New Jesse is like, okay, well, that sucks. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure out a different way to pay off that debt. (laughs) Right? I just pivot to a different idea. And wasn't that what 2020 really was all about, was just learning to pivot to a new way, figuring out different, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. And if that's not the mentality you took in 2020, then let's adopt that mentality in 2021, Because there's lessons to be learned everywhere. We can choose to sit in the BS that we keep feeding ourselves, or we can choose to see it a different way. We can choose to make new choices. Like I said in last night's um, IG Live, um, I don't know the name of it, but it's the one with, with Buddy the dog as the cover. As I said last night, it's like, don't tell anyone, it's a secret. But I didn't have any of this when I first got sober. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have a book. I wasn't a trainer of NLP. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a um, public speaker. I had not been trained on how to give keynote addresses. I didn't have a home office. I didn't have all these ideas for my Instagram show or for my, you know, Facebook lives. I didn't have any of this stuff. Everything I have right now, I created. I had to learn a ton of new stuff in order to create this life that I have. A ton of new stuff. Yeah, I went to college and for a certain amount of this stuff was instilled to me the idea of it in college. But the talents that I have fostered within this world that I have created for myself, especially over the last three years, was not in existence before I met the person who taught me so much of this. And that was right around October 7th of 2017. So when I see people say, oh, well, we don't have, we didn't have this, or we don't have that, or, you know, it must be great to have all this stuff that you get to do. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty damn great. And it was a lot of freaking work. Now it's work I love, but it doesn't make it any less work. When I lost that 60-some pounds and and have and got those abs. And you've probably seen the pictures on IG or FB. That was a year and a half of keeping all of my dietary foods in an app, of monitoring what I ate, of writing down every single rep I did at the gym. It was a lot of discipline in order to get that. And when people say, well, it must be nice that you, know, you could do that, I'm like, well, yeah. But I really don't like it when somebody says, well, it must be nice as if there wasn't a shit ton of effort that was going on in the back end. Oh, it must be nice to have such a great job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there was also a lot of work that went into it. You've seen this in other people. You may have even thought or said it to them. Oh, it must be nice. To discount the amount of work that it took for some of those people to attain that. Now, it must be nice to have been, you know, given $50 million from your dead grandma when she passed away, and that's how you were able to start your major business. Okay, you can give it to them on that. It must have been nice for them to get that. Now, for the grandma who had to work for it, it was a lot of work. But, you know, if somebody gets inherits $50 million, that's different. Okay, you can use the. It must be nice. But they still had to be nice to grandma. Or grandma may have given the $50 million to her cat. I'll finish that diatribe. Just be mindful when you say things like it must be nice. So nothing I have now, I had when I first got sober. I had ideas about it. I had ambition. But all that stuff I had to keep procuring in myself. So we've covered the speaking more my mind, with you know, and, and, re, and we've discussed how sobriety is simple. It's just the act of not using. Everything else is a completely different word. Therefore, it has a completely different definition, and there's a whole different idea. You know, whether it be relapse or emotional suffering or whether it be withdrawals, that is not sobriety. Let's make sure we're using the correct words. I've discussed with you guys how I had an emotional and mental relapse, not using alcohol or drugs, but instead bringing Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies into my life. It has caused me a tremendous amount of stress, and I actually feel like a weight is starting to lift off of me just by talking to you all about this. Where in your life have you allowed your own Bitcoin? To start to set you backwards, to cause you a tremendous amount of stress or anxiety. Where have you made decisions that you look back on and you're like, "Oh my God, how did I make that decision? I should have known better. Why on earth did I make that decision?" I'd love for you to go on Instagram when I post the the, the picture for this episode 97, and give me some examples. Hell, maybe for some of you all, you did the Bitcoin thing too. Maybe it was a success. Maybe you, you just Bought it and let it sit, and now you're laughing all the way to the bank as it breaks thirty thousand dollars. I did not do that. (laughs) So we've covered those two things, and this is going to be a little bit longer. and And since I know a lot of you have written me that you don't mind the longer episodes because you listen to this sort of in spurts, which is funny. That's how I listen to podcasts too. I'll listen to it while I'm in my car, and I'll get out, and then I may not go back to it for two days. So this is that was the first half hour is just speaking more directly about things I've I've been going through. Right? I'm going to be more in my own face about getting my own shit together and, and about pushing my career and pushing you know pushing forward in all of this stuff. Really just almost riding the wave of awesomeness. And I want all of you to have that too. Anybody who thinks that they can't have something that somebody else in their life, especially those of us that are sober, if you see somebody else has something and they're sober, you can attain this. You can attain anything if you're willing to sacrifice for the achievement of that goal. If you, don't, if you do not sacrifice for the goal, the goal becomes the sacrifice. I'm going to be saying this all the time. So let's go back and I just quickly ran through all of the episodes I did this year and thought, what are 10 really cool episodes that I could discuss? And so even now, though, I'm thinking maybe, no, see, I want that 100th episode to be, I want that 100th episode to happen the week I turn four years old, right? And That's what's going to happen. Hold on, let me look at something real quick. Okay, so I went back and looked at my calendar. So this is episode 97, and this is happening on Wednesday the 30th. And so I had it scheduled for the ninety-seven. So it would have been yesterday was when I should have done it, but I just got back from Zion. So I could do my top 10 for the year as episode 98, then the 5th will be episode 99, and then my episode 100 will come out on the day that I turn four years old. So I think that's what we're going to do because this has been great. And I don't want this episode itself to be an hour, but there's going to be a lot of really great content that I want to cover in my top 10 episodes that I've pulled out. And so we'll wrap this one up and I'm just going to go ahead and immediately shoot this next one. And then just I'm just going to record them both and release them both tonight. So as we wrap up what I've just discussed, if you're ready to stop getting in your own way, if you're ready to start acting more emotionally grounded, if you're ready to be more in control of your thoughts and your feelings, which will bring about better actions and and more positive results, then let's do this together. This is why I'm creating this program. This is why I'm going to start setting up these conscious uh, communication calls with those of you who are really down to be a part of something like that, right? Because it's important to me that I start to really reach out more and that those of you who want more of a direct link to the learning process, to what it is I teach, those of you who have reached out and said, you know what I really want, I really want to learn NLP, then let's do that and let's do that stuff together because this is what it's all about. To sit here and and claim that I've got it all figured out, that there is... Nothing that I still don't struggle with would one not be congruent with the, what's really happening, and two, it, it would be like it would be a lie. That would there would be a lack of integrity. See, a couple of you recently, when I have responded to your messages, have, have said that you've you feel like a celebrity because you see me as a celebrity, and that is gratifying to hear. But it's also very humbling, because that was never something I thought I would hear from you all. That was never something that I thought would come from all of this. Um, if you're, if truth be told, if I were really to step back and ask myself what I saw happening with this show when I first launched it, I really didn't know. I'm not even really sure I thought it all that much through. <laughs> I really think that I was just like, you know what? I'm learning some really cool stuff, and I just want to teach it. I just want to talk about it. I want to start something up, and I just want it to be amazing. And I want to be able to help other people who might be seeing things the same way that I do, who don't want to call themselves addicts for the rest of their life, who don't want to be tied to going to meetings, Right, but instead they want to just do it a different way, right? Every way is a good way, for as long as it's working, and if it stops working, you just come up with a different way. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you were sober for a year and then you decide that you're going to start using again tonight, that doesn't mean that this whole year has been a waste. I I don't quite understand why people think that way, right? I just lost a ton of money on Bitcoin doing some stupid stuff. Yes, the money is gone. The likelihood that it'll ever come back, very rare. Very, it's, It could. I could just sit there and, you know, it's going to be tough, and it's going to probably take another couple years. So it is whatever it is. But the lesson that I learned is amazing. The the, the, the skills and, and, and the, the knowledge that I'll be able to take from this experience, that's something that can never be taken away. The Graphcoin or or XLM or XRP, any one of those can, can bottom out, but it doesn't mean that the lessons I learned just whew, go away with it. See, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like the mentality of lose the battle, win the war. I think a lot about this whenever I coach people up or I talk to people who have weight issues, who have body dysmorphia issues. They don't like their body. They want it to look differently. And then, you know, like my sister, she has struggled with her weight for a long time and I love her to death and I know that she's very committed to to being the healthiest version of herself. I've watched her diet change over the last couple of years in ways that I don't think that she could have seen happening whenever she first got sober. Her body still looks very similar, but she feels a lot better. And when she slips up, you know, and maybe she eats some food that she knows is, isn't going to help her achieve her ultimate goal of of being able to lose weight, Whereas in the past, she would just go off on a bender of sugar. Now she's like, well, you know, I ate a bunch of pie last night, but oh well, today I'll eat a bunch of broccoli. She's okay with losing the battle because she knows if she keeps that discipline and she keeps that positive mindset, she can win the war. If you have a slip up, if you have something that you look back on and say, man, I wish I had done that differently. That's just a battle you lost. It's not the war. I wish there was a better way of me to use an analogy that didn't have battle and war because war has a connotation of guns and weapons and death. But this is the best one I can come up with as I'm sitting here pouring myself out to you on New Year's Eve because <laughs> that Bitcoin thing has really got me shaken up. I will choose to see this as a battle lost, not a war lost. As long as you're willing to to, to make a different decision now or Or plan for a better decision tomorrow, you are still in the you're still there you're still competing, and remember you're only competing with yourself. You only have to be better than the version you were this morning when you woke up you're not trying to be better than anybody else because you have no idea the demons that they're fighting in their home, even if you live with them in the same home, you don't really know the demons that they're fighting. Because when they go to explain to you the war that's going on in their life, they can only explain it to you from the perspective that they're in at that moment. The next day, it could be a completely different perspective, and the way that they describe it to you could be completely different. So when I think about the people I coach up or I talk to, you know, who maybe they slip up and they eat half a pumpkin pie for Christmas Day, and, oh man that didn't you know that didn't help my losing weight goal, so then the next day they eat the other half, you can choose to do that, or you can say, "Okay, well, I ate a, half a pie today tomorrow I won't eat any pie. This is a good way to close out this issue this episode issue issue of like a magazine. Um, a lot of you are getting ready to make new year's resolutions. I don't make new year's resolutions because I don't choose to make massive changes just on january first i have a, I have no resolution. I do not use resolutions. I do not think that they work for me. I've talked to some of you who quit alcohol use last year on the 1st, and you're, you're going right along. There's a lot of sobriety dates that happen on January 1st. So for some people, it works. For me, I just choose to make changes in my life when it's time to make the change, in the moment. That's how come my sobriety date was January 13th and not February 5th, the day after the Super Bowl in 2017. I think that was the Monday after the Super Bowl. I don't really recall, but it was definitely at the beginning of February. So you can choose to make massive change anytime you want. You can choose to not slide back into, you know, eating sugar every day if you told yourself you don't want to eat sugar every day. So you lost a battle. It does not mean that you lost the war. You want to stop yelling at your partner, yelling at your kids, or being late to work. Okay, so you were late to work today, or you yelled at your kids today, or you ate some sugar today, right? Heaven you, forbid you, you were drink some alcohol today, or you used some drugs today. Okay, all of that is not the plan that you wanted to follow. But by goodness gracious, you can absolutely choose to make a different decision five minutes from now, five hours from now, tomorrow morning, whenever you decide to make it. The choice is always there to choose to see it differently. The choice is always there to choose differently. It's the little things that add up to the big things. It's doing a bicep curl every single day for a whole year, and now all of a sudden you've got awesome arms. It's not doing 5,000 bicep curls in one day. Fasting for a week will help you lose weight, but it is not sustainable. Holding on for deal life and white-knuckling your sobriety is a great way to start at first whenever your body is going through all these different changes and your mind is cloudy and it's starting to release and become clear again. But it is not sustainable. It's the little things that you do every single day. All the little things I have been doing since January 13th of 2017 have led me to becoming a more stable human being now than I ever could have imagined where losing tens of thousands of dollars by selling my Bitcoin a month ago is not causing me to think that I need to get back into alcohol and drugs now. It's just, I'm, I'm clear. I'm in thinking with my head. Okay, that was a poor decision. How can I make better decisions in the future when it comes to investing in things of that nature? Where can you start to make better decisions about your diet or your physical regimen or your emotional intelligence or your conscious communication? Where can you start to make better choices? And now let's start talking about making those choices together as a team. Some of you will be more than happy to continue just listening to the podcast and this podcast will always be free, will always be available. I will be doing this podcast for 10 more years. For those of you who want to accelerate it, want more hands-on, get more into this NLP I'm always talking about, that is going to open up to you come February 1st in many different ways. There'll there'll, There'll be a space for those that are curious, for those that are interested, and for those who are ready to get passionate about it. I will create three different tiers. I am creating three different tiers. So I'm going to wrap up this episode so I can do my top 10 of 2020, my podcast. Just remember New Year's resolutions, whether you choose to make them or choose not to make them, whether you're wondering how you're going to possibly attain everything that you want to attain in 2021. Remember, it doesn't all get accomplished tomorrow, but it can certainly get started tomorrow. It's like the Tour de France. You cannot win the Tour de France in the first week, but you can sure as hell lose it. So don't be thinking about how you can win 2021 on the first day of 2021. Be conscious of the decisions that you're making starting tomorrow. And hopefully you've been conscious of these decisions ever since you started listening to this show. But certainly be conscious of the decisions that you start making tomorrow, realizing that you cannot win the year on day one. But you can certainly start stepping backwards instead. and You don't want backwards. We want forwards. One small step every single day is 365 steps by this time next year. Whatever it is you're looking to achieve, it's not goal setting that we have issues with as a human populace. It's goal accomplishing. And we're going to be talking a lot more of that moving forward. For now, i got to stop rambling. i got to let you go. Click over to episode 98. Yes. And I'll do my top 10 of 2020. The always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow, release and flow, release and flow. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.